0: This is a Sunday message from New Community Church in London. To discover more about New Community, visit newcom.church. Yeah, it's a privilege um, to be sharing with you as we continue uh, series on belong. Um, we're learning what it is to be. A disciple of God. What it is to be family members and missionaries. Let's pray, precious Holy Spirit. You were here. The presence is here. Come into our hearts. The words that are spoken today. Come and impress them in our hearts. Come in today. Let the words. Stay. Have your way in us, Lord, until we are changed forever to the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, last week um, we were looking at missionaries. Um, James told us that we find ourselves in this great big story. And he outlined in the story that we were created. So the beginning of the story tells us that we were created by God, to live in the presence of God. See, and when we live in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore at his right hand. So this is what every human wants. I don't know any human that doesn't want joy. I'm looking at you. I don't see anyone here that wants to be miserable. See, Joy in his presence is what we are created for. So the Bible story goes on to say that God would go in the cool of the garden, sorry, he would go in the garden in the cool of the day to chat with Adam and Eve. He would call them by name and will hang out with them. And this one day, God called them, and Adam and Eve ran away hiding. See, man had decided to make his own decisions. So God kicked them out of his kingdom. He kicked them out of his presence. See, because they now have their own righteousness, knowing right from wrong. See, humans that he loved, created, in his own image and his own likeness had to be sent away because their right standing in his presence has been corrupted. So, humans, ever since, have been trying to find their way back to the kingdom, back to the presence of God, to come back home. So, because in his presence there is fullness. Of joy and pleasures forevermore. Well humanity went this way and that way searching as the story continues until one man came to the scene to declare that he knows the way back to the presence of God. That in fact he came from the presence of God. He came from the kingdom of God and that the kingdom is now available for all of humanity. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. His name is Jesus. See, as a result of the work of Jesus, we have now been recreated And Jesus has brought us back into the presence of God. You have come home. You belong. So you have come through the way, Jesus Christ, which means you don't need to go searching, looking for the Father again, because you are with the Father now. You are home. We belong See, we are not outside looking in. We are inside. We are in the kingdom of God now. So, Colossians 1.13 says that He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred or translated or removed us and put in the kingdom of His beloved Son. He has done it already. See, our names are written in the book of life. We belong inside. See, this is now a family affair. Hebrews 12, 22 says that we have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. See, this is why we can come boldly into his presence to obtain mercy, to obtain grace, to come and collect, take grace, mercy, as much as we need. Jesus taught many, many things about our family, the kingdom of God, and before he went back to the Father, he held a family meeting in Matthew 28 called the Great Commission. So let's go to that meeting today. We're going to be in Matthew 28, 16 to 20. And like Jim Silly will often say, let's let's hang out here today. Matthew 28, reading from 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said unto them, them, verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, Bible scholars say that there were over 500 family members at this particular gathering, including the 11 disciples. See, like I said, this is a family discussion. It's a family affair. So in verse 17, verse 17 says that when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him before the preach in verse 18. Uh, Tony, I don't know if this is why our meetings always start with time of worship before the preach. Just checking. See, so, but some doubted. They were doubtful of the reason Jesus. Some had questions. Questions about Him. Questions about this new responsibility. Questions about the establishment of the church. They had questions. If you are here with questions, doubts, you are in the right place. See, after the worship was over, the songs have been sung, and then the prayers offered, and then Dara does the middle bit, and then Jesus preached in verse 18. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm in charge now. See, I'm in charge up in heaven, but I'm also in charge here on earth. I'm in charge in time. I'm in charge of history, and I'm in charge of eternity. See, everyone gets to give account to Jesus Christ, as we had in our worship earlier on. See, but whether you believe in Jesus or not makes no difference. See, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give account to Corinthians 5 10 tells us. See, every knee would have to bow before Jesus. That like, bro, that lovely new song you were uh, singing earlier on, We every knee will bow before him. And then in verse 19, he says to us, go and make disciples of all people nations. See, Jesus has given His church a clear goal to achieve. See, our goal as a church is not to simply make converts to Christianity, but to make disciples of Jesus Christ. So, we want to ask then, who is a disciple? See, a disciple is a learner, a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. See, a disciple seeks to be like the master in every aspect of his or her life. So we begin our lives as disciples as we respond to the call of Jesus, as Catherine O'Shea beautifully shared with us from Luke 9:23 a few weeks ago, that we must take up our cross and follow Jesus. So it means that a disciple must die to his old way of life and then become alive in the new life in Christ Galatians 2:20 See so again you are not outside looking in you belong to the family of God so we're discussing family business So that like the apostle Paul you and I must hunger to know the Lord in a deeply personal way as our Lord to know Him in the power of His resurrection and in the fellowship of His suffering. Philippians 3.8. See, a disciple is a man or woman who is consistently operating under the rule of Jesus in his or her life. See, so the command of Jesus to us is to go make disciples, not merely to make converts, to Christianity, so that you are not merely someone who has received Jesus and now you are waiting to one day go to heaven. You are also someone where heaven now gets to dictate to you here on earth today. See, as a disciple of Jesus, you and I are consistently living under the rule of Jesus in our daily decision making, so this is why I can leave my job as a fireman with great pension and great retirement package to go start a new business because I felt Jesus said to do so. Discipleship means that our loyalty to Jesus and our kingdom must come first when it conflicts with our class our culture, our background, our history, our nationality, or our race. Let me say that again. Discipleship means that our loyalty to Jesus and our kingdom, our family, comes first when it conflicts with our class, our culture, our background, our nationality, or our race. So that practically and consistently we are applying the rule of Jesus across every area of our lives. Sort of like David in the Bible, we do not want to bring just the kind of Goliath moment to God, we want to bring God into the ordinary, the simple, like when David was looking after sheep and goats, the normal, mundane, Areas of our lives, every part of our life has to be exposed to the rule and influence of Jesus Christ. So we grow in faith from the small scars and the small victories as we learn to walk as disciples so that one day we do not get the confused fear for faith when we hit the big things of life. Is Jesus still our last resort? Is he still the spare tire that we pull out when all else has failed? Or is Jesus in the driving seat of our lives? See, I I don't lift weights, as you can tell, Um, But I understand from those that do that um, when they lift weights in the gym, the more weights they lift, it makes them stronger. At least that's what they told me. So how do we disciple? How do we actually do this practically? So the gathering of New Community Church, you and I, we are vital to the church to fulfill its goal of making disciples. The new community church has a plan. There's a clear vision, and one of the keys to this plan is to meet true community groups. See, During the ministry of Jesus, he ministered to multitudes of people, large gatherings. There was, however, another important part of his ministry where he gathered a small group of 12 men and told them to follow him. We see this account in Mark 3 from 13 to 19. He then decided to pour himself into them. He taught them. He ate with them, walked with them, traveled with them. Essentially, Jesus did life with these 12 men. Now, this is my opinion. I personally think that these 12 men made up the first small group or community group in the history of the church, but just my opinion. But why did Jesus use small groups for discipleship? See, because they didn't just attend Sunday meetings, right? They actually did life together. They went through loss together, went through adventure together. See, because we grow most in relationships. We grow most in community with one another. Jesus Christ calls us to follow him. He is a great example in all things so that the Christian must seek to imitate his lifestyle and his teachings, to practice his teachings so that the example of Jesus in using small group to train and equip disciples is a good reason why you and I get to join community groups. See, the early church, sorry, coming on Sundays or streaming online as we do, it's okay. However, the way to becoming a disciple is learning not only to be content with the teachings of Jesus Christ, but also how to live in obedience to those teachings. So a lifestyle, if you like, is not learned from just the book, it's living it out with one another as a family. So just imagine me calling an architect, say I want to um, do an extension in my house. Right, and then he comes in and he's telling me about um, the uh, kind of ideas that he has and how good he was in his class, he's um, got A star star, back in the school days in design, and the design books that he has read. I'm like, hold on, have you done an extension before? He like, goes, no, no, but I was top of my class, in design class, and I had A star star, I like, <laughs> No practical knowledge? <laughs> See, of what use is the A star 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 if not used in practice. See, we are doers of the word of God. We don't just hear. See, James 1.22 says be doers of the word and not hearers only. I also like Romans 2:13 as well. Okay. okay, get it. Romans 2:13 says that for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. So we put the word of God to work, we practice it, we act it out daily by continually obeying God's precepts but as a lifestyle in community with one another. See, people saw the the difference and practical display of the followers of Jesus in Bible days that they call them Christians. See, the gap between our daily lives and the life of Jesus is narrowing daily as we consistently live under his rule in our daily decision making so that every day as we practice, he is increasing whilst we are decreasing. So but we need one another to do this. See, for those of us who think that we don't, we do. See, this is going to be hard for you, I know, but just imagine me again as a builder. Don't worry, your imagination wouldn't last for long. Um, But let's say I'm a builder, and then say I'm fixing a roof or I'm fixing a window, and then suddenly I fall off the roof. I told you, right, your imagination wouldn't last for long. And then I'm holding on to this Chain with chain links holding for their lives, screaming, asking, and waiting for uh, firemen to come rescue me. See, it doesn't matter to me which one of the chain links break, I'm a gunner. You are vital, like that chain link in your community group. You are needed. In the group. See, anytime you opt out of community group, just like that link, you are hurting others. See, because we are all needed, we can't do this life alone. See, but you also hurt yourself when you opt out of community. See, because we are all needy, I don't think any one of us has got it all sorted. We need each other to do this Christian life. There's a story in the Bible that one time um, the children of God went to, they were in the presence of God, and then Satan showed up as well. God asked him, Well, what are you up to? He says, I've been going to and fro the world looking for whom to devour. So he's looking for that one that is out of the group that he can pounce on, because he can pounce on the group. So we need each other. We've all got blind spots, we've all got weaknesses, and we are better together as a family, sharing life together. So the early church provides us an example as well to follow. See, because the Holy Spirit has true the example of the early church set down for us, In the New Testament, the ideal pattern of church life, if we read from Acts uh, chapter two, from verse 44 to 46, we discover that the early church met in two separate meetings, two separate gatherings. There were the large group gatherings in the temple to worship God together and listen to the teachings of the apostles. But there were also small group meetings in homes, for fellowship, for shared meals, for prayer and breaking of bread. In other places in Acts, we'll read the church meetings in homes. Acts chapter 5 verse 24, Acts 12, 12, 2020 are all examples of the church meeting in smaller groups outside of the large group meetings. See, the early church made? extensive use of small groups to provide the instruction and fellowship necessary for discipleship. So the emphasis upon new community groups or community groups in new community, therefore, is not simply a trend. We, this whole community grouping is rooted firmly in the New Testament principle of doing a Christian life. See, I had the opportunity when I was only about 21 or so uh, to lead a church um, in the city that I grew up back in Nigeria. Um, but I kind of got burnt out after a few years and then I moved to the UK. So when I moved to this area, I started coming to a New Community Church. But in fact, before I came to a New Community, I was in Southampton. So when I relocated my first movement on a Saturday, I googled New Community Church because in my mind there is bound to be a new community in every town and every city in the UK. It turns out that there are only two new community churches in the UK and they are completely unconnected. One in Southampton and this one here. If you're a church planter, good name for you, new community. See, but for the first few years here in new community, I will attend on Sundays but it's only been recent years when I started forming meaningful relationships with others who are not like me. People at different stages of lives from different backgrounds and cultures that I have grown as a disciple. See, this is when I begin, began to learn to understand what it is to be a family member, what it is to be a disciple, what it is to live As a disciple, Jesus even says that we are fishers of men. And quite honestly, fishing is a communal activity in most cultures. So it is in communities that mature Christians get to model life for younger Christians as they do life together. So if you're an older Christian, you know that the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want because he makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside the still waters. He restores your soul. He leads you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil for his wit's you. He's your rod and your staff. He comforts you. He has prepared a table before you right in the presence of your enemies. He's the one who's anointed your head with oil. Your cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and everybody can hum mm-hmm. So we are like sheep led by a shepherd. But do you notice that the lamb does not follow the voice of the shepherd? So, if you are an older Christian, you need to look out for young ones in their faith. So because when the shepherd guides his flock, the young ones, baby sheep, the lamb, they do not know the voice of the shepherd at all. So we see lambs rather follow the sheep, not the shepherd. So as they grow and mature, they too come to recognize the voice of the shepherd, the guide, the leading of the shepherd. So a challenge for you as mature Christian, like Apostle Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I follow Christ. See, community groups are training grounds to practice love, to practice peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, to really imitate Christ. See, this was what uh, Paul did when he trained young men by taking them along his side when he went for his missionary journeys, training them this was also how Timothy was instructed to teach the gospel to others. So 1 Timothy 4.12 um, says that, set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. So you do it with them. Live life with them. See, when Jesus resurrected from the grave, and he went to um, one of his disciples, Peter, and he asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter's like, yes, I do. So I personally thought that was the moment for Jesus to say, Peter, the same thing you said last time. Once beaten, twice shy. You denied me once, twice, three times after running away, and yet I called you rock. No, 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 no. Jesus gave him a responsibility to feed his sheep. Jesus didn't remind him of his past failure. This is done in doing life together, so that when you get hurt, You don't give someone a piece of your heart. No, give them a piece of God's heart. So these small groups, community groups, provide us an ideal place where close personal relationships between us is formed. And this is where effective discipling can occur. So, they need to grow through relationships and obedience to Jesus' command to go make disciples. It's why we all join, why we all commit to our communities, to doing life together, because this is the vital roots for discipleship. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we, we come to you afresh. Lord, we want to we be disciples of yours. We want to be more and more like you, Jesus. That's our desire. And so Lord, I pray this word will sink deep into our hearts and shape us. Lord, we're not about a people who tick boxes and on a, on a list somewhere. Lord, we want to live life together and grow and be more like you, Jesus. So come and help us, Holy Spirit, as we as we seek to do these, as we seek to move forward in, in being a, a closer to you, Jesus, and caring for one another and sharing our lives with one another, come and help us. Holy Spirit, right across new community, come and help us do this, Lord, in an effective way that many, many others who are not yet disciples of yours become disciples of yours. Lord, come and help us with this in Jesus' name. Amen.